probably can't see from where you're sitting, but on our two towers here behind us, uh, the names of all 2,977 victims uh, are printed uh, on these two, two towers. And as I prepared this week um, and did a lot of research and reading and video watching and um, to just kind of get my bearings straight um, of what had happened and the magnitude of what happened, um, I can tell you um, that there were a lot of videos and a lot of things I saw that um, have brought uh, a lot of tears to my eyes this week uh, as I thought about uh, these attacks and these, uh, these, uh, these, these people, um, these families now that have been changed forever. And as I come now to try to uh, put a biblical uh, finish on what we've been talking about uh, and uh, remembering this morning, um, uh, pick up where that video ended uh, with those gathered singing, uh, God Bless America. Um, and that, has, that was, especially during that time, uh, if you remember, that was a common, uh, common statement. You heard that uh, very regular, God Bless uh, America. I remember seeing uh, many of the congressmen and senators standing out front uh, of the Capitol uh, arm in arm, Republican, Democrat uh, alike, singing uh, God Bless America. Um, A few days later, they were punching each other in the throat, uh, but uh, for a moment, uh, they were singing God Bless uh, America. And I think that is, in all likelihood, the desire Uh, of everyone gathered here this morning and probably uh, all those who have chosen uh, to join us uh, online. And I want to take just a few moments this morning, and I want to go back uh, to an Old Testament principle that uh, I'm certain you are familiar with, uh, but I just want to bring it up and talk about it for just a moment. Uh, Nothing uh, elaborate, nothing... um, too, uh, too in-depth, but just a, a, a real simple, solid, uh, biblical principle uh, that the church itself uh, needs to hear, that God's people uh, need to be reminded of. If we want to see our uh, nation uh, blessed, if we want to see God bless uh, America, then uh, this is um, uh, the, the passage that I think uh, gives us that guide. As, I've, uh, as you see on the screen, it's a guide, I b- believe, for uh, a great nation. I want to show you uh, three simple things uh, this morning. Uh, again, nothing uh, elaborate, nothing uh, real complicated. But Second Chronicles 7, uh, verse 14 says uh, those words. Probably uh, some of you may very well have uh, these uh, on a plaque or something uh, in, uh, in your house. Uh, you have uh, heard these uh, at the dedication uh, of uh, Solomon's temple. Uh, this was God's word uh, to those people. If my people, 
which are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin, and will heal their land. In that passage of Scripture, I think, are three things we need to know. Uh, one of them may very well be more important than the other. And that is the very first point uh, of this text this morning uh, as we uh, look uh, together at uh, these three things. Number one, uh, I want you to notice uh, the people responsible. The people responsible. Uh, one of the things that uh, you have heard uh, numerous times in uh, the videos uh, this morning uh, from uh, 20 years ago, uh, the politicians and those uh, military leaders saying, we're going to find those responsible. We're going to find them and we're going to track them down and we're going uh, to punish them. We're going to get those responsible. Uh, this morning, I want us to understand that uh, the responsibility uh, for a great nation, the responsibility uh, for the direction of our nation falls on a particular group of people. And that group of people is God's people. God's people. That's who has the responsibility, I believe, uh, based on this and uh, numerous other passages for uh, the well-being uh, of a nation. If you go through uh, Scripture and you go through uh, the, from the Old Testament all the way through, uh, you will see that time and time again, God's judgment came on, uh, on nations. God's judgment came uh, the majority of the time, not because sinners sinned, but because His people sinned. Because His people uh, had rebelled against their, their covenant. Because His people uh, had failed to be obedient to His Word. Because His people had chosen uh, to worship other gods. Because His people uh, had chose to uh, abandon uh, his commandments because His people uh, had chosen to erect idols to other gods because His people uh, had chosen to go outside uh, of uh, the, the Jewish nation uh, and marry and ultimately then bring in those false religions uh, because of His people. Folks, uh, what I'm trying to get across to you today uh, is that, uh, that the church of Jesus Christ uh, in 2020 21, the believers, the followers of Jesus Christ have got to take responsibility uh, for what's going on. God, uh, sinners sin. That's their, that's their expertise. That's, that's what they do. Uh, but God's people, uh, He says, if, if my people will uh, humble themselves, if my people uh, will pray, if my people uh, will turn from their wicked ways, if my people uh, will do these things, then uh, I will... 
heal their land. I will forgive them. I will bless their nation. Uh, and so uh, this morning, uh, what most of us mean, you, you hear uh, quite often people talking about uh, we need revival uh, in the land. But generally, uh, what the majority of people mean uh, when they say we want to see revival uh, is they mean we want to see uh, the drug addicts out of business. We want to see the pornographers out of business. We want to see the ABC store shut down. What I believe God means by revival is He wants to see God's people. He wants to see His people uh, fall in love with Him, be obedient to Him, humble themselves, call on Him, and turn from their wicked ways. That's the source, the root of real revival. That's where revival comes from. Then, when God's people do those things, then we will see that the outflow of that, uh, the outcome of that, is some of those other things like uh, the drug dealers and the pornographers and the liquor stores and those kinds of things. Then we'll see uh, those changes made. But God's people are responsible uh, for revival uh, in the land. It's our responsibility uh, to do those things. What is it uh, that he wants to see done? How do we see the people responsible? Uh, but then we see the plan uh, that he reveals. He gives a four-step uh, plan. He tells us, and I want you to notice something. This passage of Scripture may have the word and, and I don't, I don't know this, uh, I haven't counted them down, uh, but this passage of Scripture may have the word and in it more than any other passage in the Bible. Because it's not a buffet line. Yeah. When you go up to the K&W and you go through, that lady's going to serve you bread, you know, uh, and, and you can say, no, I don't want any. You know, serve you vegetables, yeah, I'll take some. Yeah, listen, this passage is not a buffet line. Yeah, this is not, well, I'll take some of the humbling myself, but not some of the turning from my wicked way stuff. No, this is, he says, if, look at that passage again, uh, all the ands that uh, are, are there, he says, in that passage, if my people uh, will humble themselves and, he says, uh, again, he says, uh, I, I will do these things. He says, if they'll humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from my, their wicked ways. Then will I hear from heaven. When they do those four things, and only when they do those four things, then will I hear from heaven. And then there's some hands on his part. I will hear from heaven and forgive their sin and heal their land. But let's talk about the four ands that he says for his people. Number one, if you look in that passage, uh, again, he says, first of all, if my people that are called by my name shall humble themselves. That may very well be the problem. That may very well be the issue right there. Again, because these things are all connected by the little word and, he says the first step is to humble themselves. If they don't humble themselves, they won't pray. If they don't humble themselves, they won't seek His face. If they don't humble themselves, they won't turn from their wicked ways. So the root problem, to begin with, is that God's people must humble 
themselves. They must humble themselves. What exactly does it mean when he says that we are to humble ourselves? That we all know pretty much what it means. It's, it's pretty much pretty clear. It means to get rid uh, of pride, to be uh, to get rid uh, of that pride, to quit being obstinate and stubborn. One of my favorite words, many of you know this, you've heard me talk about this, is uh, how often uh, in the Old Testament God's people were called stiff-necked. Stiff-necked. Now, that, I, I like word pictures. And that's a word picture. I, I, can, I, I can see uh, God's people being stiff-necked. Now, when I think about that phrase, stiff-necked, let me tell you the image that comes into my mind. Anybody here ever take a dog to the vet? Or excuse me, try to take a dog to the vet? And you know, I don't know. I, I, I saw a little cartoon this week. I just had to pop into my mind. I don't remember it, but a guy and his dog were in the cartoon, and, and, and the little caption over the dog's head was, Your generosity smells of a vet visit. You know, I, I don't know how they know, but they can smell a vet visit. But if you've, ever seen, if you've ever seen somebody trying to get their dog to go into the vet, and they've got him on that leash, and what's the dog do? You know, he's, got, he's got his neck, you know, he, you know, he's got his feet down, his neck. you got that stiff neck going on. You're, you're pulling on that harness, and that dog just, you know, that neck, but you're not, you know, I'm not, you may get me in there, but it's going to be over my dead body. You know, I'd just soon be sick. Leave me out here. You know, I don't want to go in there. Stiff-necked, obstinate, contrary, proud. God says my people cannot be obstinate, stiff-necked, proud, contrary, and see me heal their land. It's an impossibility. They have to humble themselves. They have to be willing uh, to be led they have to be willing to set aside their desires, their preferences, and their wants, and their ideas, and say, I'm going to submit myself to the will of the Lord. I'm going to be obedient to His Word. I'm going to follow His commandments. I'm going to, I'm going to set aside my own plan for my life. He says that they will humble themselves. Now, as you say, they have to humble themselves, but then he says they have to pray. Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure that if some way, somehow, we could go out and some way get a hold of the real truth about prayer. I think we would find that most of God's people pray. I just think we'd find out that they didn't pray very well. That they prayed the same prayer today they prayed yesterday and the day before that their prayer sounded a lot like an organ recital 
You know what an organ recital is, right? God heals so-and-so's liver, heals so-and-so's kidney, heals so-and-so's lung. You know, somebody said, you've heard this before, I'm sure, we spend more time praying the saints out of heaven than we do the sinners out of hell. I asked you that question a few weeks ago. If the only person got saved this week was someone you prayed for by name to be saved, how many people would have been saved this week? If my people will humble themselves and pray. See, he begins, before he says pray, he says humble themselves. Why? Because once we humble ourselves, then we pray for the will of God to be done. You remember that? You might have heard that phrase somewhere. Not my will, but thy will be done. You know how God's will, and he goes on in that statement. He says, be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do you think God's will is done in heaven? Perfectly? Immediately? Completely? Do you think there is anything that God wills done in heaven that goes undone or half done? The will of God is carried out immediately, instantly, completely, perfectly, constantly in heaven. And so God says before we can pray, we've got to be willing to humble ourselves and say, Okay, God, here I am. Can I suggest to you one of the major flaws in our prayer life? Is because we have not humbled ourselves, we spend more time talking in prayer than we do listening. Many of you know a good conversation is a two-way conversation. When is the last time in prayer we were quiet and let God speak? See, that's why I've suggested to you now for years, when you pray, pray with your Bible open. Open your Bible and start reading your Bible. And as God speaks to you from His Word, you pray about whatever He says. It doesn't have to be, again, a, a, a commentary, correct interpretation of the passage. You may read a passage that says something about um, Abraham and Isaac. And when you read it, it puts you in mind of, you know, you, you may, you know, Tommy, I'm going to use Tommy over here. Tommy may sit down and be reading. You may read about Abraham and Isaac. And as he reads about Abraham and Isaac, he stops and says, I'm going to pray for a little time. That father-son relationship. Yeah, it doesn't have to be exactly. But as you read and as God speaks to you, you listen, you talk, you listen, you read, and you might read six verses and, and then pray, and you might read six chapters before He speaks. But God's people need to be serious about prayer. I mean, how much more do we need to see go on in our nation before God's people humble themselves and pray? 
You know as well as I do, I've said this before, if I was to announce, pre-COVID anyway, if I was to announce pre-COVID, we were having a dinner, we were going to eat, we would have to put out every table and every chair that we have. If I announced that we were going to come together and we were going to spend an hour praying, not singing, not preaching, praying. We could go ahead and leave the tables and chairs set up and have that meeting in this little closet over here. If we want God to bless America, God's people are going to have to humble themselves and be willing to pray. When we pray, he says, then the second thing they do is repent. Excuse me. They seek his face. They confess him. They humble themselves. They pray. They seek his face. They repent. Look what he says again. If my people... (laughs) Excuse me. He says, if my people will humble themselves and pray. Seek my face. Now we could go in a lot of directions on seek my face, but I'm just going to, I'm going to go one place and I'm going to leave it alone. If when we pray, we would seek his face instead of his hand. Most of our prayer sounds like a shopping list. Lord, give me. Lord, I want. Lord, I need. Lord, do this. Do that. Instead of seeking His face. Lord, I want to know You. Lord, I want to, I want to know You. I want to seek Your face. And turn from our wicked ways. Interesting that he put that last. See, I'll be very honest with you. If I was writing this this morning, if I was, if I was pinning this, if you would have given me these four things and said, put them in order, I, I'm almost positive. It's hard to say for sure because it's already written for me. But I think if you would have given me these four things and told me to put them in order of importance, I would have started would turn from my wicked ways. But, you know, as I have thought about this and prayed about this and prepared for this morning, I've un- I- something has come to my, come to my mind that uh, makes me realize God was right all along. I'm not going to turn from my wicked ways until I humble myself and pray and seek His face. See, we're trying to get rid of the wickedness in America. We're trying to get rid of the evil and the sin in America without humbling ourselves, without praying, without seeking His face. We're trying to skip the hard work and go straight to dessert.
if my people will humble themselves, pray, seek my face. See, if I don't humble myself, pray, and seek his face, I won't even be completely sure of what wicked ways I need to turn from. But I promise you this. If you will humble yourself, if you will pray, and you will seek his face, he will take and shine his spotlight right on those wicked, wicked things that need to be turned from. Kind of like the song Tommy sings about God coming to visit and going through the house. Took him and showed him all the rooms and got to that one room and said, Oh, you can't go in there. You humble yourselves. You pray. You seek His face. And God will show you the room that needs cleaning. Here's the funniest thing I've ever seen. Well, maybe not the funniest, but it, it tickled me. I can remember when I was in the bread business. And I don't even think they're around anymore. I hadn't seen one in ages. The pantry stores. Not the handy pantry or the pantry. There was a chain of them. And every so often you'd go in and the manager would be all in a tizzy because the supervisor was coming to do a white glove inspection. I thought, you have got to be kidding. In this dump, yeah. But sure enough, the supervisor would come in with white gloves on. I wouldn't stick my hand there, stick my hand in there with welding gloves on, let alone, you know, white gloves. <laughs> Isn't it funny how you, you know, you ever done that before? You remember back when you were a child, you thought you had your room nice and clean, and Mama come in and said, Started pointing out all the stuff you missed. Some of you husbands, maybe you've had that happen. You thought you did a good job, and wife come home. Point out all the stuff you missed. You humble yourselves, pray, seek his face. God will show you the wicked ways you need to turn from. And then, and only then, look what he says. When we do that, he says, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sins and will hear their land. Folks, the responsibility for a great nation falls on us. We want our nation healed. And you'd have to be blind and living in a cave, in the very back of that cave, with a rock in front of that cave, to not know our nation needs healing. Our greatest threat in the United States of America today is not terrorists on airplanes. As hideous and as vile and as evil as that was. One of the things I'd not heard in 20 years was there was a group of elementary school students who had won a contest, an essay contest, to go from Washington, D.C. to the coast of California. And I, I don't remember what all was involved, but to go out and see the, 
the, the, the swim with the dolphins and that kind of stuff. And yesterday as I was watching and studying and looking at different videos and different things, I saw a picture of those four kids with their teachers standing there all smiles in the waiting room area of the airport. Somebody made the comment on that picture. Say, you know, when I see that picture, I can't help but think of those smiling children, those happy children, and sitting in that very same waiting room watching were those five men who knew what they were about to do. As vile and as evil and as wicked as that is, that we gather today with a wall of 2,977 names, so small to get them on here, you barely can read them all. As vile and as wicked as that is, they were Muslims. And those are the kinds of things their religion demands. We are Christian. We serve a risen Savior. And He demands that we humble ourselves. Pray. Seek His face. And turn from our wicked ways. Can I get you to look with me at one more text? And I hope you've still got your Bible open. If you don't have your Bible open, shame on you. Bring it next week. Bring your Bible. But I want you to look at one more thing. I want you to look at the very next verse. You know, it's interesting. There are certain verses in John 3.16, for example. There's probably very few people in the world that can't quote John 3.16. But you can put a gun to their head and couldn't get John 3.17 out of them. Yeah, there's some verses like that in Scripture. Man, everybody knows that verse. But the one before it and the one after it, not a clue. This is one of those passages. Most people in the church know that if my people will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, and I will hear from heaven, and I will heal their land, and I will forgive. But look at verse 15. This verse gets skipped. As we talk now about the promise that he gives us if we will be obedient. He's already said he would hear from heaven, forgive their sin, and heal their land. But look at this. Now my eyes shall be open and my ears attend unto the prayer that is made in this place. Again, this was at the dedication of Solomon's temple. And he tells the people, if you'll do these things, I'll hear your prayer. Can I remind you that in the book of Psalms, he says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, he will not hear me. 
Folks, before we can pray, God bless America, we've got to pray, God change me. God change me. This morning, I want to challenge you as believers to come and to kneel, to kneel where you are. And let's begin today humbling ourselves, seeking His face, praying, turning from our wicked ways. You're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You know, in the last week I've listened to literally hundreds of stories out of 9-11. And I can tell you of story after story of men and women. One stands out in my mind. He calls his mom and says, Mom, I'm okay. I stayed up and watched Monday night football last night and I couldn't get up. I was late for work or I would have been in that building. But I'm okay. Monday night football saved my life. There was another man who every week, his weekly routine was he would fly out from Boston on Monday to Los Angeles, work, fly home on Friday. He and his wife had had some things that weekend and had some time together. And on Sunday evening, he surprised her and told her, Honey, I've had so much fun, I don't want to go. I've rescheduled my flight until Tuesday. pilot on one of the planes tried everything he could to get somebody to fill in for him and go in his place. He had some other things in his life he needed to do, but nobody would take his flight, couldn't find anybody, and finally he told his wife, I'm just going to do it and get it over with. His wife was a stewardess for the same airline, and she said, I usually fly that flight said, I've flown on that flight way more than he ever has. It should have been me. My point is this. No one, other than the 19 terrorists, no one boarded those planes that day. No one went up into those towers. No one showed up to their job in the Pentagon thinking, you know, I think today I'll die. We don't know the day or the hour. If you're here, if you're joining us online, you don't know Jesus Christ. You don't know Him as your personal Savior. Today could be the day. You never know. It may not be an airplane. It may not be a terrorist. It could be COVID. It could be your heart could be a truck coming down the road that you didn't see. We never know.
We never know. If you don't know Jesus Christ personally, would you come and let me show you how you can be saved today? If you're online, would you reach out, email, text, give us a call. We'd love to talk with you and tell you how you can be saved. I want to ask you to bow your heads this morning. These 2,977 names on these two towers didn't think it would be their last day. You never know. If you're not ready to meet Jesus, today is the day. You need to come and ask Him into your heart. But Christians, I want you to hear those words. If my people, my people, will humble themselves, pray, seek my face, turn from their wicked ways. Oh Lord, we need revival, but we need it in the church. I need it in my life. Would you come? Would you kneel where you are? Let's begin to humble ourselves and pray here today that we might have a great nation. Father, we thank you for your word this morning. God, we ask you to touch hearts here today. God, that those, if there's one here today that doesn't know Christ personally, one watching online, God, that their heart would be stirred, their life would be changed, and see their need of a Savior. God, that your people would hear your word, would humble themselves, seek your face, pray, turn from their wicked ways, that you might heal our land. And we'll give you the honor for what you do here today. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. As we stand. your attention this morning. I thank uh, Archie and Miranda for uh, standing and representing all police and fire today. Uh, I know how bad. Uh, I, was, I was counting a while ago. Miranda's got at least 10 things on her belt. Just getting that on would have been an act of Congress this morning. And so um, I said so. Um, and Archie, um, we're just tickled. He said, he, when, when we talked about doing this, he says, so would you wear your uniform? He says, if I can still get in it. Uh, and so we're thankful he can. He, he died it this week and got down in his uniform. Uh, and so uh, we uh, thank them, thank Lane for uh, getting this done. And uh, Parnell Printing uh, up on Church Street for making our 
tower. Someone asked earlier, uh, yes, feel free to go up on the platform and uh, look and take pictures and read names, whatever you want to do there, uh, feel free. Uh, just be careful um, on, uh, on the steps. All right, let's bow as we dismiss. Heavenly Father, I thank you for the day you've given us, Lord. God, for allowing us to be here today. Uh, God, again, we just ask your comfort for these uh, that were impacted by these events 20 years ago. Uh, God, now we pray that your people uh, would be impacted. God, that we would, uh, we would uh, humble ourselves. God, we would turn from our wicked ways. And God, we would see you heal our land. And we'll give you the honor for it all, which in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Oh, Diane, I didn't know Diane. Did you help? Diane, too. I didn't know what you did up there. <laughs>